are going to the word of God, the three D's to dominion, not of dominion, to dominion, the three D's to dominion. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, this is our anchor scripture for the year, and dominion is our prophetic focus in the Word of Life Ministries International Worldwide for the year 2024. I want you to know that dominion is your heritage as a child of God. You're born again, you're a child of God, you're in Christ. Dominion is your heritage. Genesis 1.26 And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion. God said it. So if you are not having dominion, you are not doing the will of God. If you are being dominated and being domineered, you are living less than God's best for your life. You are not enjoying his best. And many, many children of God are oppressed all over the world. Oppressed with sickness and disease. Oppressed by demons and spiritual forces. Oppressed and plagued by failure. Oppressed by poverty. Poverty is an oppression. Wake up in the morning and you have no idea what to eat. Not because you have too much in the store, but because there is nothing there. Retrogression is an oppression of the enemy. A lady just took her life. If you read that in the news, a few days ago, a banker. And she put a note. I read the suicide note. They put it on, 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 on the internet. She said, there's, there's nothing interesting. Nothing is working in my life. And etc. etc. Who told you nothing is working in your life? She locked herself up in the toilet of the bank where she worked up until her death, and she drank sniper. They found a bottle of sniper by her dead body. A Christian. It broke my heart. Many people are depressed. I understand. Depression is an oppression of the enemy. Depression is an oppression of the enemy. And when Christ came in Acts chapter 10 verse 38, the Bible says, Our God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. No child of God should live in depression. If you are depressed, you should get out of it very quickly because you are not in dominion. You are not walking in dominion. And God said, Genesis 1.26, let them have dominion. Not let them be dominated. He said, let them have dominion. It's like your lecturer comes and says, I make you the class governor. After the lecturer has left, that's your HOD. Some of your mates now gather together. They say, we don't like you. You cannot be our governor. And you say, okay, 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 okay. And then you take what they say against what your HOD has said. Whose word should hold sway? Whose word should hold water? Your, your HOD's words or your mate's words? God said, let them have dominion. Satan said, no, they can't have dominion. I'm going to dominate them. And many, many Christians are dancing azonto to the tune of Satan. We are dancing to the tune of the devil. He's dictating what happens in, the, in many people's lives. Where they can go, where they cannot go. What they can do, what they cannot do. God says, do business. I've given you an idea to prosper with. Satan says, what if you start that business and it doesn't work? I say, I'm not going to start. So what if it doesn't work? You are believing the lies of the devil. 
In John 8, 44, Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil, and it is his bidding that you are doing. He said, I'm paraphrasing now. He said, he's a liar and a murderer from the beginning. Whenever he speaks, he speaks that which is a lie because there's no truth in him. The truth is alien to the devil. God said, do business. I'm giving you an idea. Start this. Satan says, don't start to because nobody will patronize you. And many, many Christians are stuck today for the fear of failure. They're afraid to take a step. We're afraid to take a leap. We are too careful. And that's why many are on the same spot. They are lacking. They are, they are doing without. They have no money. They are depressed. They are oppressed. Not because God doesn't want to bless them. God has blessed them already. If you are not walking in dominion, you will be dominated. There is no neutral space in the realm of the spirit. It's either you are in charge or some, something else is in charge of your life. Genesis 1.26, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over all, all the earth, over all the earth, over all the earth. A child of God wants to move from one continent to another, you should move freely. Over all the earth, he said. Over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 27 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created in him, male and female created in them. And God blessed them. That's the word baraka in the Hebrew tongue. The word the blessing. It's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual substance. It is God's empowerment program. After God said, let them have dominion, then God now blessed them. And God said unto them, in the course of blessing them, he was releasing words. God releases his blessing through words. And what did he say to them? Look at the very first man that God made. The very first set of words he was going to ever hear were words called the blessing. The very first thing you hear in the morning is very important. Adam woke up for the first time in his life. And look at the very first set of words he heard. They were words of dominion. God said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Be in charge and have dominion. Somebody say dominion. Say it like you mean it. Over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moved upon the earth. Glory be to God. Dominion is God's plan for his church. Dominion, especially the end time church that we belong to. And dominion is God's plan for our lives. Somebody say with me, dominion is my heritage. By the special grace of God, by the end of the month, the confession for 2024 will be ready. And it will be along these lines. As the Spirit of God is opening up this topic to us. Because this is his plan for this year. Amen. In Psalm 110 and verse 2, that's one of my favorite scriptures from my, my teenage years. It said, the Lord will send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Somebody say dominion. Come on, say dominion. Now, that scripture encapsulates the word dominion. For you to rule in the midst of your enemies. We all have enemies. We have people who don't like us. We have people who are rented by Satan the devil. Satan the devil is the arch enemy of the, of the church and of every Christian. But then there are people who make themselves available to be rented and used by Satan. Forces and all of that from time to time. 
He said, the Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Zion is the church. That's why you don't miss church for anything. This is where you are empowered. This is where you are fed. He said, rule thou. The moment you get the rod of your strength out of Zion, go ahead, rule in the midst of your enemies. You don't, we don't run away from enemies. We rule in their midst. Oh, that woman is a witch. Oh, don't go near her. Let the sleeping dog lie. No, we wake up the sleeping dog. And we chase it away. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you don't take charge of your life, something else, other forces will take charge. Do you know that it is not in your heritage to be sick? That's what I'm saying. No, it's our family sickness. It happens every season. I mean, every match. It's just match. We don't miss it in our family. We all fall sick. In March, we fall sick. It's our family disease. Did you see that in the Bible? When the Bible says in 3 John and verse 2, Beloved, I wish above all things, above all, above all. I mean, if there's anything above, this is above all. What does he wish? Above all things that thou mayest prosper, one, and be in health, two, even as your soul prospereth. That's why Proverbs 19 verse 2 says, For the soul to be without knowledge, it is not good. Because your prosperity will happen as your soul prospers. If your soul is not prospering, if you're not getting renewed by the word of God, you will not know what belongs to you. And if you don't know what you don't know, you don't know. You can't enjoy what you don't know. Ignorance is a killer. Hosea chapter, six, chapter 4 and verse 6, it says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Psalm 119 verse 144. The righteousness of thy testimony is everlasting. Give me understanding and I shall live. The moment understanding comes alive, you begin to walk in that which Christ has paid for. Christ has paid for dominion. We should be walking in dominion. Dominion in every sphere of life. Dominion in your academics. Dominion in your career. Dominion in your finances. Dominion in your health. Dominion in your family. Dominion in your marriage. Dominion in everything that you lay your hands upon today. And I began last week to share with us what are the three D's to dominion. There are steps to dominion. Number one, we looked at determination. Somebody said determination. We looked at that last week. I'm not going to repeat it. If you were not here, get that message. Number two today, the second D to dominion is dedication. Somebody said dedication. In John chapter 12 and verse 24, Jesus made a profound statement. John 12, 24, quickly on the screen. He made a profound statement. He said, verily, verily. Now, pause. Every time you are reading the New Testament, starting from the Gospels, and you see verily, verily. It means you need to pay attention, and you need to pay keen attention. When the Bible says verily, that means pay attention. Now, when it says verily, verily. Now, this is certain to happen. <laughs> okay? It's not a coincidence. It's not just repetition for emphasis. It means this is certain to happen. Nothing is going to change it because it has been established. You remember the number two is the number of God's covenant? The Bible is a book of numbers. Number two is the number of covenant. Therefore shall a man, Genesis 2.24, leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and the two of them shall become one. Jesus said in John 3.3, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. No matter how nice you are, if you are not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not full of nice people, it's full of saved people. So when Jesus said, verily, verily here, we need to pay attention, church. I say unto you, 
except. That means this is not going to happen otherwise. Except a corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies. It abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. No scripture explains dominion, explains dedication better than this scripture. Both in the literal and in the literary sense. In the literal sense, if you take a seed, corn seed, or what we call maize seed, maize, just one, just one seed, and you put it on a shelf, and you travel abroad for one year, and you come back, and you come back to your shelf where you put it, would it have multiplied? Talk to me, church. Are you sure it doesn't multiply? Seed does not multiply like that. What about if it's a bean seed? If it's beans, you just put one and then you go somewhere and then you come back after one year. Would it have multiplied? No. No. Jesus said, for it to multiply, there must be a condition. It must first of all die. It must first of all die. Then after it has died, it will germinate. And then it will bring forth much fruit. You know in agriculture, you have to now take that one corn to the farm and then dig the hole and plant it and water it and manure it and do some weeding over time. And you take care of it again and again. And then about three months down the line, you go back there and the guy is fully grown. And when you harvest, do you harvest only one seed? Come on, talk to me, church. You harvest a multitude of seeds called the fruit now. The harvest. That's the literal sense. If it abides alone, it abides alone. If it doesn't die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it will bring forth much fruit. It's like our lives. Put your life in this context. If you choose to live for yourself and yourself alone, you remain alone. But if you throw your life as a seed into the service of God, you throw your life into intimacy with God, you show some dedication to the kingdom of God. Dedication, dead. You don't have a life anymore. The life you now live, you live by the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. He said, then your life will bring forth a multitude in terms of harvest. You won't have to live alone and die alone because now your life has produced many other lives for the kingdom of God. It's applicable in every aspect of our lives. The same with your money. Oh, I have 5,000 naira. You can spend your 5,000 naira alone and be happy. But only you will be happy. No one else will be happy for you for taking yourself to Captain Cook to buy a meal worth 5,000 naira on a Sunday afternoon. Oh, man, I ate chicken, man. You know, man. Oh, Captain Cook's chicken, man. Nah. They even have this gizzard. It's, oh, it's fresh, freshly prepared. And I ate this coconut rice. No, village rice, village jollof. You are happy by yourself. But if you take that 5,000 naira and you look for five other people and you budget a less expensive restaurant where you can eat 1,000 naira and be happy, and five of you go, or so, say four, you take four other people, so five of you go there, and then 
the five of you eat together, the five of you will be happy together. Am, am, am I making sense there? People will be happy. They will be grateful for your life. Say, oh, thank you. Because for some of them, maybe they had nothing to eat. They had no idea, no clue where lunch was coming from. But you chose to not be selfish. Dedication. Dedication. You want to walk in dominion? Dedication is key. The Lord Jesus made this profound statement to make us see the power of dedication and the great gain that awaits the dedicated. Everyone that is dedicated to the kingdom of God, there's a great gain that awaits them. There are men today we celebrate. We celebrate them because of their labor in the kingdom of God. This world will never forget men like A.A. A. Allen. We'll never forget men like Smith Wigglesworth. We'll never forget people like William J. Seymour, a man God used to birth the Azusa Street Revival in 1901. We'll never forget men like Kenneth E. Egan. We'll never forget uh, uh, so many other fathers of the faith, Father Augustine, and some of them that were not quite popular, Charles Finney. We won't forget even the mother of John Wesley, the mother, the woman that prayed her children to the faith. And the children became on fire. Charles Wesley, John Wesley, on fire for God and changed the face of Christianity. We won't forget people like Martin Luther King Jr. These men sowed their lives as seed. And today we are still pointing to them as points of reference. When you are gone, what will you be remembered for? For gossip? Or for kingdom harvest? God always sees the heart of everyone before he will allow you to walk in dominion. Even though dominion is your heritage, you still have a choice to make. Do you want to be dedicated or you want to be half-hearted? What is dedication? And someone said, to be dedicated is to be fully sold out or completely given to someone or to a worthy cause. To be fully committed, sorry, to be, given to, some, to be completely given to someone or to a worthy cause. It is to be sold out without reservation. Some say it is to be fully committed. That's the definition of some people for dedication. But I, I want to point to you that there's a huge difference between dedication and commitment. For many years, I didn't understand this myself. And I, I used a snack to give you the illust uh, an illustration. So put on your thinking cap, everybody, this morning and travel with me. There is a particular snack that is a combination. When you want to make that snack, you need bacon, B-A-C-O-N. Now, bacon is the meat, the flesh of pigs. And then you need an egg. You need to mix both of them and, and then, you know, put it through some process and then it's ready to be consumed. Now, what is the difference between dedication and commitment? For the chicken, the chicken is only committed in the production of that snack, the chicken doesn't have to die. It just has to donate or has to just commit an egg. But in the case of the pig, the pig has to die. It has to be killed to get its flesh to make the snack. So, in making that snack, the pig is dedicated while the chicken is committed. Commitment is good. Commitment is, is fine. Commitment is rewarding. You know, if it is properly done. But dedication is higher than commitment. In the case of dedication, it literally means you are dead. You don't have your own life anymore. You don't have your time anymore. It's not your desires anymore. 
It's not your plans anymore. You are planning to go to the United States of America and God says go to Ghana. That's dedication. And you joyfully go to Ghana. Maybe with tears in your eyes, but joy in your heart. You have your plan. You have saved 100,000 from January to December. You want to spend it on yourself. There's a Gucci bag to buy. And there is a, there's a, there's a Louis Vuitton shoes also to buy. You saved diligently. You paid your tithe. No doubt about it. You gave offering. But this was your special saving to take care of yourself. And all of a sudden, you woke up in the midnight and the Lord said, my, my daughter, my daughter, that 100,000 naira belongs to a sister in your church. Go and give it to her. No explanation. Go and give it to her. What? No, Lord. Dedicated people cannot say no, Lord. Because no and Lord don't go together. The moment you say Lord to anyone, it's always yes. You can't say not so, Lord. Are you with me? Many have accepted Jesus as their savior, but not as Lord. Jesus can control certain things in their lives, but certain areas Jesus cannot control. Jesus cannot tell them, stop keeping malice with that person, go and make up, and they will listen. No, 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 no. Jesus cannot tell them that. Jesus cannot touch their money, but they can sing beautiful songs. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. He's my friend. But they can't say, I touch your pocket. I touch your account. No, 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 no. That one is for me. He is your savior, but he's not your Lord. We are going to your boyfriend's place over the weekend, and we are going to have a good time. Good time, baby. And on your way there, Jesus says, no, baby, not tonight. Ah, Lord, we shall repent afterwards. He's <laughs> uh, your savior, no doubt, but he's not your Lord. Nobody can say no, Lord. You can't say not so, Lord. In fact, you can't say not today, Lord. If he says, get up, go and evangelize down the street, you cannot say, not this morning. Lord, I will go, but not now. Mm. Instant obedience. Instant obedience is a mark of dedication. Are you with me, church? I'm teaching you something this morning. I want you to get it very quickly. Because I want, the earlier you are dedicated to the cause of Christ, the better for you. It is rewarding. This will come in your life where you find yourself in a far country where you know nobody, you have no family, and favor will be rising left, right, and center because of your dedication. Because of your dedication. One of our sisters had a strange admission to OAU. Very strange. She was switching from one university to another. From a particular university to OAU. And even professors that the parents went to meet told them it is not done as far as this university is concerned. Today, she's a, she's a student of that In the same place where they said it's not done. When the mother was sharing with me, I reminded her, I said, have you forgotten? When we used to go with your husband to do drama ministrations in Port Harcourt, in Abuja, in Lagos, all over Ibadan. In some places, we slept on the bench. We'll do drama all night. After our drama ministration, they'll give us Zobo and Puff Puff as honorarium. We'll find our way to Agodigate from Ife. And then, the man will be distributing 2020 to us. That's your transport. Uh, Fred, how much you take you to Mokola? I say 20 naira. Oh, yeah, that's your 20 naira. Uh, Emeka, how much you take you to Oketunu? You say 25 naira. That's your 25 naira. And we took it with joy. Today we are blessed. I reminded the wife. I said, so if this is happening for your daughter, God always remembers the labor of the dedicated. What are you doing for the Lord? You want to walk in dominion? How dedicated are you? The chicken commits an egg. But the pig is dedicated. No holds barred. No restrictions. No reservations. King Jesus said, this is what it takes to walk in dominion in any sphere of life. Whether in the spiritual realm or financial realm or in health or other facets of life. 
Dedication always precedes dominion. Dedication always comes before dominion. Dedication always precedes dominion. King Jesus himself was so dedicated to the cause of the Father. That's our perfect example, church. He was so dedicated to the cause of the Father. The Father attested to his dedication when he said from above, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. He said it twice in the Gospels. But this second one was on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17 and verse 5. Peter, James, and John were with him. He took them to the mountain and he was transfigured before them. And all of a sudden, Moses and Elijah appeared and they joined Jesus and they were talking with him. They now, Moses represented the law. Elijah represented the prophets. And you remember that on the law of love hang all the law and the prophets. So Moses and Elijah represented the law and the prophet and they were talking to Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. It was a beautiful scene to behold. In fact, Peter, James, and John were afraid. After that encounter, they said, Lord, can we build tabernacles here? Let's build tabernacles here. Let's, let's be living here. And as Peter was talking, the Bible says a cloud covered them and there was a voice from the cloud. The voice of attestation. May God attest to your dedication. Let me tell you, there is fake dedication, which is called eye service. You might be doing everything, running all over the place, and God sees your heart, that in your heart you're not dedicated. The church might even give you an award. Best worker of the year, best worker of the season. All those things, I don't believe in them. God sees the heart. We thank you for what you are doing. You know? We appreciate you, and the best we can do is to appreciate you. The worst we can do is to criticize you. If your heart is right, even if we criticize you, God will still reward you. If your heart is not right, even if we appreciate you, God will say, mba, mba, no. That one is not accepted. Are you with me, church? I pray for you again. May God attest to your dedication. He attested to Jesus' dedication. When he said, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased, he put a phrase there. He said, hear ye him. You need to listen to him. Whatever he tells you. I pray for you again. May God attest to your dedication. Such that people will begin to hear you. Kings will hear you. Nations will hear you. Those of you that are lawyers, judges will hear you. <laughs> Whatever field you are, the people that matter will hear you. This world will hear you. You will not go to the grave with your voice unheard. In the mighty name of Jesus. In Yoruba, I pray for you. All the things that God has prepared for your life, the beautiful things that God has prepared for your life, they will find expression. In the mighty name of Jesus, hear ye him. They will hear you. Why would the father give such a note of approval? Because the son was dedicated to the father's will. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 4 to 7 and verse 10. Hebrews 10, 4 to 7. Quickly. Hebrews 10, 4 to 7. And then verse 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 4 to 7. And then I will be in verse 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Jesus made it, it was written about Jesus. What Jesus said. Powerful, powerful statement. Hebrews chapter 10. And I'll be in verses 4 to 7 now. Say, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. All right? Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, who cometh into the world? Come on, talk to me. What's his name? 
Alright, that's Jesus. He saith. What did he say? Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not. But a body has thou prepared me. You have prepared me a vessel to use. A body has thou prepared me. Is your body prepared for the kingdom? Oh, let me get my body. I heard some people say, they ask one another, what's your body count? Meaning how many people have you slept with? How many people have you had sex with? It looks to me like shame has gone on holiday in this country. So many, many young people are now so shameless that the things they say and do on the internet are not only unthinkable, but they are things that stink to the highest levels. When did sin become something you are proud of? What's your body count? <laughs> and they put microphone in their mouth. See some people, they do interviews. And I, I, my wife was showing me one. I said, why is it that this guy, is, his main assignment in life is to be interviewing prostitutes. That's his assignment. He said, yeah, shake, shake, shake your bum bum. Can you turn for the camera? Then they will turn. Shake, 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 shake. <laughs> I said, that's his own life assignment. Do you think God is glorified looking at such? Talk to me, church. Is God glorified? And some of the girls, when they ask for their name, is a Christian name. If you find out, some might even belong to the choir in their church. Or belong to the ushering or protocol. Or even prayer ministry. That's why you see many churches are multiplying in our country. But where is godliness? How many have the fear of God? From the pulpit to the pew. So as I'm talking to you now, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. One is pointing to the preacher, the other to the congregation. From the pulpit to the pew. How many are truly born again? Today we have general overseers that are not born again. Motivational speakers have become preachers. There's a difference between motivation and the preaching of the word of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? What changes men's lives, what transforms their life is not motivation. Motivation makes your head swell. If you cannot, if you cannot, if you cannot uh, uh, climb, if you cannot lower the mountain, elevate yourself. What is that? When you face a demonic situation, say, demon, if you cannot, if you cannot, if you cannot lower the mountain, elevate yourself. The way you dress is the way you'll be addressed. Your attitude determines your altitude. My friend, in the day of battle, the senior pastor was sharing with us of a particular situation in Germany. A man was being demonically oppressed. His fridge, refrigerator in Germany, not Africa, Germany, Europe. His fridge will open and close by itself. Bass. The fridge will open and close. Bass. Ah. People say, there's nobody in there. I'm the only one here. Ah, this is not Nigeria. Where breeze can blow. There's no breeze blowing here. Serious oppression. You couldn't sleep. You now tell that kind of man, you know, you got to be cute because the cuter you are, you got to be bay. You know what I'm saying? You got to be hot. La hot. All those nonsense. They mean nothing in the day of adversity. What do you say to someone that is suffering insomnia, that cannot sleep? Insomnia is an oppression of the devil. I've been there. I know what it means. One time, I showered five times in the night. Yet, sleep did not come. I used hot bath. Sleep did not come. I used cold bath. It did not come. I mixed the two. It did not come. I reminded myself of what David said. He said, I'm like a sparrow on a rooftop. I was alone. My wife was sleeping. I went to the children's room. They were sleeping. Everybody was sleeping. Only me. I was like a watchman. 
I turned into prayer. I pray, 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 pray. Sleep did not come. I said, oh God, am I coming home? He said, you got to walk in dominion. Somebody said dominion. But the body that has prepared me in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, what did he say? Lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. He said, this is my primary assignment. To do thy will, O God. Not to do my own will. Jesus did not come to seek his own will. He did not come to do his own will. He came to do the will of the Father. Including going to the cross to die. That was why in the Garden of Gethsemane when he prayed, he said, Lord, I wish that this cup would pass over me. He said, but not my will. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine, O Lord, be done. If you think what Jesus suffered is cheap, try and ask Jesus in an American movie. Not Nigerian movie, American movie. Let them beat you proper. Even Nigerian movie, Easter time, Easter period, Good Friday, let them cast you as the character of Jesus. Honestly, receive some slaps, not fake, not Nigerian, and then the sound effect, bah! no, real slap. Get like 20, you will change. You will enter character. In fact, you might slap the person that slapped you mistakenly. Why do you slap me? Like ah, no, Jesus will not slap. I'm ah, sorry. He suffered so much for us. The Bible says in Isaiah, that on the tree, he was not looking like a man anymore. His visage has changed. He wasn't looking like a man. He was like a beast. They had beaten him blue-black. They had torn his beard. Blood flowed from his body from seven places. And he hung on the cross. Why did he come? To do thy will, O God. He's our perfect example for dedication. He knew what he was going to face. Yet he came. He said, I've come to do your will. In verse 10, by the which will, this will, this particular will that he came to do, we are sanctified. What does that mean? Set apart through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. A body that was prepared me. My sisters and my brothers, I beg you, let your body be dedicated to the Lord. Paul the apostle begged us in Romans 12 and verse 1. He said, Beloved, brethren, I beseech you by the message of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice that is well pleasing and acceptable to God. He said, because this is your reasonable service and your spiritual act of worship. I beg you. King James says, I beseech you. The Amplified Classic says, I beg you. I, can you have that on the screen, please? Amplified. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God. I know there is libido. You have, we all have libido. Sex drive, hormone. Anybody can have sex. So that you're having sex doesn't make you a superstar. Yeah, I can do it. I know how to do it. How to do what? It's not an achievement. We all know how to do it. Some people knew how to do it. That was why you are, you are here in the first place. How did you come here? You draw from a mango tree. Some of you behave as though you know more than your parents. When it comes to bedroom affairs. Say, man, this generation, they don't know what's up. Our own generation, we are woke, woke, kidney. We are sleeping. How did you get here? There's nothing new. You can just give it a new name. So it's not an achievement. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you put your CV together to look for a job in a multinational company, well, uh, skills, do you put it there? Am I talking this morning? <laughs> He said, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, 
He was writing this to believers. He wasn't writing it to unbelievers. He was writing this to believers. Which means that believers also commit fornication. He said, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, my brothers and sisters, I beg you in view of all the mercies of God, all the mercies of God put together, in view of it all. What for? To make a decisive dedication of your bodies. Let your body die to sin. Dead. Dedication. Dead. Make a decisive dedication. A determined dedication. I am not doing this until I get married. Full stop. A man shows up. Well, I love you. You got to prove to me you love me. And the only way you got to prove to me is sleep with me. All right. I'm sorry, sir. That's the way. That's the door. Ah, pastor, if you do that to every man, who will now marry you? Wait for God. You have not got the right man. The right man, even though may ask you, and you turn him down, he will go back home and his head will be correct, and he will come back and say, thank you for casting the devil out of me. Are you with me, church? Make a decisive dedication of your bodies. Presenting all your members, all of them, and faculties, you're including your thinking faculties, as a living sacrifice, even in your thoughts, not just in your words. Some of us men, you can look at a woman and look with a pure intent. A sister is singing on the altar, and what you are seeing is not the song. Say, my God. Oh, see, Chepo. <laughs> you better do marry ship. <laughs> in your thoughts. In your thoughts, listen to me. God is reading our thoughts. Your thoughts are your words that are yet in your heart. The only difference between your thoughts and your words is that your, your thoughts are not yet verbalized. The rich fool in the Bible, book of Luke, he did not say a word. The Bible said the, the field of a rich man brought forth plentifully and he thought within himself saying, your thoughts are saying something to God. I preached a message some years ago, five, six years ago, titled The Seven Pillars of Destiny. And I gave them the principles. Seven principles. Irrefutable principles of destiny. That's what I call it. Principle number one, the principle of what you think. Number two, the principle of what you say. Number three, the principle of what you are looking at. Number four, the principle of what you do. Number five, the principle of what you give. Number six, seven. As a living, yeah. One of them is the principle of the company that you keep. And then the principle of what you give. Seven of them. As a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated and well pleasing to God which is your reasonable rational intelligent service and spiritual worship are you with me church that's the kind of life that Jesus lived and he set us an example for us to follow not only an example he has also empowered us to live like that a body thou has prepared me is your body prepared for God or is it prepared for something else if it's not prepared for God then it's prepared for the devil don't let your body be used by the devil he will always come to rent. Don't accept money from him. Tell him there is no vacancy here. You can't rent this body. This one is not available. Not available. Not available for you. And I'm not singing any secular song here. Your mind is sanctified in the name of Jesus. He was so loyal and dedicated to the father. He said, without my father, I can't do anything of my own volition. Jesus was that dedicated. He said, I can't do anything without my father's volition. John chapter 5, verse 19, on the screen, very quickly. I need to run, I need to run, because I want to finish this. John 5, 19, and then after verse 19, we go to verse 30. So Jesus answered them by saying, can you give it to me in KJV? That's shorter. 
Amplified classic usually amplifies it. Give it to me, the shorter one. KJV, thank you. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily. Can you see that again? Somebody say, Verily, verily. I say unto you, the son can do everything. How much can he do? No thing. Nothing means no thing. No thing of himself. But what is he at the father do? For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the son likewise. The son can do how much? Come on, talk to me. By himself, of himself, nothing. Verse 30. Verse 30. Same chapter. Verse 30. All right? Let's read it together. One to go. I can of my own self do nothing. Nada, like some say. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just. Because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father who has sent me. Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? That is dedication. This week, wherever you go, they ask you to do something. Ask yourself, will this be the will of God? What I'm about to do, is it the will of God? This phone call I'm about to make, is it the will of God? These words I'm about to utter, is it the will of God? If it is not, shut it down. It's part of dedication. Slap it down, baby. Come on. <laughs> Amen. Some crazy thoughts come to our head and they want us to verbalize them. Slap it down. Slap it down. Slap it down. Cast down imaginations and every thing that exalts itself against knowledge of God. Anything that is not of God, slap it down. Slap it down, baby. John 14, 31. John 14, 31. John 14, 31. John 14, 31. Glory to God. But that the world may know that I love the Father. And as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. As the Father gave me commandment, even so I make it loud. As the Father gave me commandment, even so I I do. I don't do my own things. It's what the Father commands. Jesus lived a commanded life. A commanded life is a prerequisite to walking in dominion. People say, I want to walk in dominion. I want to walk in dominion. I want to walk in dominion over principalities, over powers. Are you walking in obedience to the will of God? Are you living a submitted life? Are you living a commanded life? Anyone that wants, that wants to wield authority, the sword of authority, must be submitted to authority. You must be a man under authority. Listen to me. This is how the believer's authority works. The believer's authority works for people who are under authority. You got to be under authority yourself. Your pastor can't talk to you, you get annoyed. Your HOM can't talk to you, you get annoyed. Nobody can talk to you. Your parents can't correct you, you get annoyed. You are the big man. You are the big woman of the house. Nobody can look you in the face. You cannot bind one single demon. Because they know you are as disobedient as they are. And it doesn't take a disobedient person to cast out a disobedient spirit. It takes an obedient person to cast out a disobedient spirit. The Bible says, when your obedience is fulfilled, then you'll be able to address all disobedience. Are you with me, church? Are you with me, church? In Acts 19, why couldn't the seven sons of Sceva cast out one stinking demon? They were not under authority. They were not obedient to the Lord Jesus. Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Who are you? Seven sons of one skiver. One demon leaped on them, beat them, blew black, tore their boxers short, tore their clothes, their boxers were short, tore their boxers short. They left the place naked and wounded because they were not under authority. The authority of the church says fast for 15 days. How many of you are fasting? Some eat and then they come and pretend as though they're fasting. Hallelujah, holy, holy, holy. God knows. Satan knows and you know. If it is for medical reasons, God knows and God understands. 
And if this is your first time, so it's not very easy. God knows, but make an attempt. Everybody should make some effort. Make some attempt and let God help you while you make your attempt. Not that you just live in total disobedience. Ah, I can't lose weight. Oh. I know how, much, how long it took me to gain this weight. Ah, well, I can't come and lose it now. Do you know, as simple as that sounds, that could be the, the bother of some people. It was my bother when I joined this church. I was rounded. Single guy, no wife, no children, nobody, making cool money, living for myself, bouncing on the streets. And I came to church, they said 15 days. Ah, I said, I will die, you. <laughs> 15 days came. Never fasted that before. 15 days, back to back. Can we scatter the 15 days? They said, no. One day on, one day off, they said, no. In no time, my tummy became flat. Everything was flat. Waste. And so I tried. And then I, we broke the fast. I gained it back. Before I knew it, it was July. Then in July, they announced again. Another 15 days. I said, ah, you want to kill somebody in this church? January 15 days. July 15 days. Kill a day. And I skipped some days. Myself and one of my rascally friends. Iteba, he will come to my house. We Iteba, Rabba le sekete yalaba. We come to church. Our prayer was the loudest in the evening. Kasha gaba ayad. We are praying from a bar, the strength of a bar. <laughs> I confess my sin this morning, but I had to outgrow that. Glory be to God. You can't stay there forever. You can't. You cannot. If you want to be spiritual, you cannot. I'm glad this morning I can tell you even my 12-year-old son fasts now till 4 p.m. 12-year-old son. Glory to God. There are some aunties here and some uncles. Egg buns. Ewo. 11 o'clock. Eh? <laughs> Years ago, one of my friends was going to the American embassy for his visa interview. So I told him, I said, let's fast. It was his interview. It was not mine. I said, but let the two of us fast together. So I will come to your house by two. We'll get into the word of God and by three we'll pray. But we'll not break up until six. I got to his house by one. At 1 p.m. he had broken the fast. He's probably watching this service. He's watch, he watches every of our services. I said, bon, because he's older than me. What have you done? He said, ah, Motijao. He said in Yoruba language that they had broken the fast. He said, I said, Meaning that the fast wanted to turn to sickness. He wanted to turn to malaria. In fact, he showed me the sachet of paracetamol he took after eating a bar. One day fast. Do you realize that when you fast, really, when you go to the toilet and you urinate, it's, it's yellowish sometimes. You are releasing toxins. It's a natural detoxification process. In fact, some doctors will prescribe fasting because it helps with this thing that builds in the brain, plaques. People that later have Alzheimer's disease. I have a US-based doctor, a friend of mine, who told me that fasting is actually one of the good things that they prescribe to prevent Alzheimer's. But the same person today, I tell you, by the grace of God, fast twice a week. He, he also has moved on. So I know we are not all at the same point in every time that I journey with God. So I'm not, I don't have a ministry of condemnation, no. I would rather encourage you and provoke you unto good works. As I've told you today, my 12-year-old son fasts till 4 p.m. Some of you will be angry. 
You've not eaten today. And you were planning to buy biscuit on your way home. You said, no, I'm not going to buy biscuits. Ah, if Tireni can fast till 4 p.m., I will fast till 6 p.m. <laughs> Hallelujah. But on Wednesday, don't say, ah, well, I'm not Tireni. Ah, Tireni is pastor's son. No, I'm not pastor's son. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And Tireni didn't get there also just overnight. I remember when he was much younger. Anytime we're fasting, like you're fasting till 12. The boy will go and carry the work clock. <laughs> he will be looking at clock every time. Daddy, is it not 12 yet? No, it's not 12. It's still 9.45. Everybody has a starting point. Are you with me, church? Dedication always precedes dominion. Imagine Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Imagine if he had broken the fast in between. A young girl, bring bread. And when Satan was going to come, it came from food, first of all. Jesus was hungry. The Bible says, and he said to him, if you are the son of God, why don't you turn this stone to bread? And Jesus conquered him with the word of God. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. There must be something about hunger and food. After that test, of course, the three of them. Satan said to him to bow before him and worship him and he'll give him all the glory of the world. And if you are the son of God, why don't you jump down? After all, it is written that he shall keep it, give his angels charge over you. And Jesus overcame him by the word, by the word. The Bible says in Luke chapter 4, from verse 16, that Jesus returned into Galilee in the power of the spirit. That's dominion. Somebody say dominion. There must be some sacrifice before dominion. It's not just a cute, nice word. Oh, at church this year is dominion. Naturally, I just walk in dominion. Dominion is my natural habitat. Oh boy, don't be like that though. A little more to do. Amen? Amen? Are you with me, church? Dedication to God himself. You need dedication. Dedication to what? To God himself. Which necessitates constant dedication to consecration. Consecration. Set yourself apart from time to time. Consecrate your heart to the Lord. Don't allow every thought to fester in your head. Remind yourself, I am the Lord. Toluwanimi, I belong to him. I can't afford this kind of thoughts staying in my head. If you allow it, it will cascade into words. If you allow it, it will degenerate into actions. And you will surprise yourself. Abort those thoughts. Consecrate yourself to God. Consecration is key. Holiness is key. Without which no man shall see the Lord. It's not a popular preaching nowadays. Come the way you are, stay the way you are. Everything goes. Grace has covered you. It's not by your works. All those nonsense they say. Don't listen to them. How many of them wield power? How many of them do exploits in God's kingdom? All they have is motivation. And they have a lot of money. And let me tell you, there are many, many ways to get money. You don't need God to get money. Satan can give you money. He's the God of this world. 2 Corinthians 4 4. How many people out there that have money? How many of them have legit money? You don't need God to make money. So you don't judge a ministry by the money they have. Or a pastor's anointing because of what he drives or what he, what he has, what he wears. Nonsense. In the day of adversity, where will you stand? A young man ran to my house, a minister. He had, he had pestered me so much, he wanted me to invite him to this church. To come and do what? To come and preach. One day, he ran to my house very early in the morning. I said, oh boy, why are you here? 6.30 a.m. He, he was panting. He said, please, please, man of God. I said, what is it? He said, do you know any minister from Mountain of Fire? 
I said, I don't know because I don't go there. It's not my church. I said, why do you need them? He said, one girl in my house, you want house help. She's manifesting. Manifesting what? Demons. I said, what does the Bible say you should do? Cast out the devil. He said, no, no, I'm not a deliverance minister. How can I cast out that devil? I said, this is the person that wants me to invite you to expression as come and preach. Preach what? To tell my people how to dress well? They dress better than you. Constant consecration. Dedication to consecration. Listen. Dedication to love. Love God. Love people. Which is evidenced by your loving God and people. Dedication to God's kingdom and kingdom affairs on earth. Matthew 6.33. Jesus showed us dedication. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Tomorrow is another Monday. I'll be here praying three to five. How dedicated are you to the affairs of this house? We're not praying for bread and butter. We're not asking for jeep. We're not asking for a mansion in Banana Island. We're asking that God will come upon us and invade the hearts of our members. That God will fill this house with his people and fill their hearts with himself. That's what we're asking. So many of you are absent. The Lord have mercy on you in the name of Jesus. King Jesus was so dedicated to the Father. He prayed constantly and waited on him for what to say. He didn't just come up with his own words. John 12, 49 to 50. Can we have that on the screen quickly? As I begin to wrap up, I want to show us one more character in the Bible. And that's it for today. John 12, 49 to 50. For I have not spoken of myself. Let's read it together. One, to go. For I have not spoken of myself. Let me hear you. One, to go. For I have not spoken of myself. But the Father who sent me, he gave me a commandment. What I should say and what I should speak. So Jesus never spoke his own words. He spoke the words given to him by the Father. The Father gave him the commandment. What he should say and what he should speak. Are you with me, church? Next verse. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, finish it for me. Even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. The father says A. I say A. The father says B. I say B. The father says Lazarus. I say Lazarus. The father says come forth. And I shouted come forth. And Lazarus cometh forth. Amen. Amen. He lived such a commanded life. John 14.10. He didn't even speak his own words. He spoke the words of the father. John 14.10. Quickly. Thank you media. You're doing a great job this morning. I love you. John 14, 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Read the rest with me, church. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Because the words and the works are in connection. Anything the Father says, he does. So if the Father is not going to do it, he's not going to say it. And if he's not going to say it, he won't tell Jesus. Because if he tells Jesus and Jesus says it, the Father will do it. He commits himself to his word. Are you with me, church? The Father says you are blessed. Are you blessed? The Father says you are healed. Are you healed? The Father says you are highly favored. Are you highly favored? The Father says you have dominion. Do you have dominion? Say, that's me. Come on, that's too weak. Say, that's me. Glory be to God. I said, glory be to God. The Lord Jesus Christ, our perfect example of dedication. And no wonder the magnitude of dominion he walked in over Satan, over demons, over sicknesses and diseases, over poverty and shame. 
and over death itself. Jesus walked into a building and a man cried. An evil spirit cried out of him. He walked into a country, the country of the, the, the Gadarenes. And the demoniac came and said, we know who you are. You son of God, have you come to send us away to torment us before the time? He had not yet spoken a word. Some of us struggle with one demon overnight. All night, casting out the devil. Amalekai, go, go. Perizai, go, go. Jebusai, go, 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 go. And the devil knows how to weary you as a Christian. You are trying to deliver somebody. Cast out the devil. The devil refuses to go. Deliverance is, is it's not very easy sometimes. But as you walk in dominion, it becomes easier. At the beginning, it's not always very easy. And there are some tough cases also. Like the case faced by uh, Brother Lester Sumrall in Asia. Many, many years ago. Read it in his book titled, Demons and All You Need to Know. Go, go and get that book. It will help you. A lady was manifesting demons that nobody could come near her. If you put her in a, they put her in a room in isolation. Anybody that entered, she would tear the person in pieces. She was tearing herself. Sometimes she will fight invisible battles and they will see hair, human hair, like human hair in her hands. Where did the hair come from? We live in a spirit world. It's a very spiritual world. But we are not to be afraid. We are to walk in dominion. That's why I said I've given you authority over human beings. No. I've given you authority over snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. The enemy has some power, but you have authority over that power. When Brother Lester Sumrall arrived, he had not even entered the room where the lady was. When the demon spoke, I know who you are. This was in Asia. Lester Sumrall, you don't need to come in here. I will go. He had not entered the room yet. Remember one time I was doing deliverance for a sister, beloved sister. She wasn't, she came to my, in those days I used to do deliverance in my office. I stopped after. Go! In the name of Jesus. Pretty lady. She first of all looked at me and smiled. Go! In the name of Jesus. Then the two eyes met. They looked at each other like this. They turned. I said, eh, okay, drama is about to start now. In the name of Jesus. She showed me karate. I said, okay. There's nowhere to run. Today, is it that this demon will go or it will go? Because me, I will not run. <laughs> she began to display my office. It was a battle. When that demon was going to go, he spoke with a masculine voice. Deep. And then left. I said, I'm not, I'm not interested in drama. I don't care. Just get out. This one is born again. She has been bought by the blood of Jesus. One thing you must know in the place of casting out demons or doing deliverance is your authority in Christ. Your dominion in Christ. So when I say to a devil, go, you must go. Amen? That's how you should operate. Don't say, I will, Pastor, I will say go. But if he doesn't go, let it stay. No, say go and mean go. Scattered my office, fell on the floor. Bah! After about two, three minutes, she woke up and ran. <sighs> Trying to put herself together. Pastor, I said, well, eh? I, mean, I was in one corner panting. <laughs> <coughs> and some say, what, what do pastors do, Seth? What do they do? Ah. <laughs> uh, 
One time my wife was complaining, I was fasting too much. I was fasting too much. I was fasting too much. I said, I have to fast. It is the demand of the job. When every other person is eating, pastor cannot, a good pastor, a, 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 a sensible pastor does not eat anyhow, anywhere. In public. No ministerial ethic. It is you. That you will leave your Bible on the table at a party. You go to the kitchen stand. Add that chicken. You have left the ministry of the word. You are now attending to tables. The exact opposite of what the apostles did in Acts chapter 6. They say we cannot be attending to the tables and neglect the ministry of the word. One pastor was going to London. He carried Batik and Kara uh, uh, Kampala. He loaded it to go and sell. He left his Bible at the airport. He got to London and got to the place he was going to London and then remember ah! the sword of the spirit in Muritalama Media Airport in Abuja in, in, in Lagos. Lack of dedication. Lack of dedication. Even me, I'm talking to myself. I need to do more. I've not arrived. I need to do more. That's why I'm praying more at every opportunity. I pray like no man's business. I pray like a crazy man. I know what I'm doing. I want to do more. Spend more time with God. Because where are you hearing from? If you're not hearing from God, you'll be hearing from another DJ. Let us step up this year. Are you with me, church? Want to be like Jesus, don't we? Want to walk into a place and a child is having convulsion and you lay your hands on that child in the name of Jesus and say, you foul spirit, get out. And immediately the child sneezes and the child is okay. Wouldn't you like that? Wouldn't you like to walk into a place and somebody has just died? No, anybody here that can help, help, help on the plane, on the plane, on an aircraft. Any doctor here, any doctor, any doctor, and then you step up. You are not a medical doctor, but you're a spiritual doctor. Hallelujah. And you say, come on, what's the problem? They say, this person probably just had some seizure or heart, heart, heart attack, and we've been using defibrillator, but it's, just good, it's not going to work. In the name of Jesus, come back to life. And they come back to life. Wouldn't that be sweet? It will be sweet, but there is a price to pay. Dedication. Except a corn of wheat falls down to the earth and dies. It abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. May your life bring forth testimonies. Jesus conquered even death itself. In Revelation 1, 18, he said, I'm he that liveth and was dead. Yea, I'm alive forevermore. Behold, I have the keys of hell and of death. Is that I have the keys of hell and of death. And listen to me, beloved. He's not using the keys against you. Are you with me? If your daddy has a gun at home, did he buy the gun because of you? So that one day you will disobey and he will shoot your leg. No, he bought the gun for you, not against you. So in case anybody want to show up, you know those guys that show up in the dead and the night and they want to harass your family. Daddy loads it and then it, all they hear is cracker. The next thing, oh, oh double. He bought that because of you. He kept it because of you, not against you. Jesus has got the keys of hell and of death and he's not going to use the keys against you. Can I, can I have an amen to that? No wonder with all this dedication that Jesus had, he won't speak his own words, he won't do his own thing, he lived a submitted life to the Father. 
No wonder Philippians 2 9 says the Father also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every other name that at the name, at the name, German people say name, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of beings, not just things, beings, B E I N G S, beings in heaven and on earth and beneath the earth, and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Father is glorified when we worship Yeshua HaMashiach. Oh, it's Yad Hey Vav Hey to the glory of Yad Hey Vav Hey, the Father. Because he lived a submitted life, a commanded life, a dedicated life. Another character in the Bible is Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul the Apostle. The same dedication he had to the Jewish religion. He brought into the kingdom when he encountered Christ. Galatians 1.13. Galatians 1.13. Give it to me quickly. I need to wrap this up. Now, somebody needs to run to the ICC, check what they're doing. If my papa is still on the altar, then you come back and tell me. All right? Because we need to catch up with the prayer time. I don't want to preach for too long. In fact, I thought I'll just preach for like 45 minutes this morning. Have I, have I, have I spent 45 minutes? Okay, it's just about 30 minutes. Glory be to God. I'm enjoying the message. Are you enjoying it? Are you getting blessed? So, y'all should join a ministry. They said ushers need volunteers. Join them. Um, choir, they need people. Join them. Uh, what other ministry? Sanctuary keepers. Come, come clean this place. Come clean God's house and watch God clean up your life. Do something in God's house. Are you with me, church? Don't just come every Sunday and be blessed. It's good, all right? But come and do something. Do something for God. And watch God do something for you that you cannot do for yourself. Amen. Amen. There are certain situations that require surgery, but sometimes God himself comes in the dead of the night and does the surgery on you, free of charge. I knew of a pastor, I heard of a pastor who had an artificial elbow. He was shot by armed robbers years ago, so they flew him to India and had uh, elbow replacement for him. And those body parts, replacement, they're artificial, so they usually have the serial number of the surgeon and probably the date of the surgery. They put it there. The man came back to Nigeria, but he was in pain. He didn't die, but he was in pain. And he kept serving the Lord with the pain. Papa is still there. Glory to God. I resemble my papa. Preaches for long. We resemble Paul the Apostle. So, this man didn't stop serving God in spite of the pain. He was in pain, but he was serving. He was in pain, but he was preaching. He was in pain, and he was praying. One night, he just slept like normal night, went to bed, woke up in the morning, and found that artificial elbow on his bed. This happened in Nigeria. And I can tell you the link to watch it on YouTube. He found the artificial elbow on his bed beside him. No incision, no blood, no traces of anything. Because angels came in the midnight to do the replacement. Bishop David Oedeko, it happened in his church. He took that thing to America, to Papa Kenneth Copeland. And Papa Copeland and Papa Jesse Duplanis did a uh, television series on the, the power of the name of Jesus. If you go check that on YouTube, you see Papa Kenneth Copeland and Papa Jesse Duplanis, the power of the name of Jesus. You see, they showed the picture of that thing there in that video. It happened in Nigeria. The man said, the Lord said to him, I love the way you are serving me. I love the way you are serving me to serve. Don't just worship, sing, pray with us. 
do something extra. Join a ministry and find something to do. You might not know what to do. Ask somebody. Please, what can I do? Can I join a unit? Okay, I'm a media guy. Can I, can I contribute to your media ministry? I want to do something. I just want to do something. Because God records all of that. It takes record. I think it's Exodus now. One of my favorite scriptures. Why did I forget that? Of Deuteronomy 23, 25, and 26. And you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless your bread and your water. And I shall take sickness away from the midst of you, and the number of your days I will fulfill. That's Exodus, isn't it? Media, get it out for me. While they are getting it out, let me tell you another miracle happened in our church. Our church, here. Here. Not even now living faith. This is now the Stone Church. Here, at the ICC. One of our sisters, she had a major problem with one of her teeth. And she was built for surgery in UCH. And she said to the Lord, I really don't want to go for this surgery. Serving the Lord. This woman is in the prayer ministry. She's in different uh, units. Serving the Lord faithfully with all of her heart. You can't find the scripture. So, one night she went to bed. Just before the week, the week before she was meant for she, she was built for surgery in UCH. She woke up in the morning. She found the, the I think two of them, the teeth by her bed. On her bed, by her side. No surgery, no blood, nothing. She just found them. Who did that? An angel came in the night. Removed it painlessly. No need for anesthesia. Because you will serve the Lord your God. Exodus 23, verses 25 and 26. And he shall bless your bread and your water. The angel shall bless your bread and your water. And I, the Lord myself, will take sickness away from the midst of you. If sickness comes to your midst, I will come and take it away. My goodness. There is no corporation in the world, no company, no conglomerate can give you as part of their benefits for being their employee. Even if you work in a health organization, even if you work in an HMO, they can't say, we are going to take sickness away from you. They will say, we'll pay your bills. But God says, I'm going to take sickness away from the midst of you. Next verse, verse 26. Thank you, media. There shall nothing cast their young. You won't die young and you're not going to lose your children. Can I have an amen to that? Nor be barren in your land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. And what is the number of your days? 120, according to Genesis 6.3. Can I have an amen to that? All of these are fringe benefits of dedication. You shall serve the Lord your God. Go back to verse 25. That's where it starts from. Don't claim this if you don't serve the Lord your God. Part of service is to serve in the house. That woman serves in this house. She woke up and found the teeth by her bed. I'll give you another testimony. Another woman in the ICC there. An elderly woman. Had a pain for over 20 years. In her back. And they were telling her, it's, you know, old age. She said, no, it's been for 20 years. I wasn't old 20 years ago. One night after healing service here, just fasting period like this, she went home and in her kitchen, she had a noise. Crack, 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 crack. Like her back was reset. Crack, 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 crack. Loud noise. God can do it without a noise. But when he does it with a noise to make it spectacular, he's showing you that, look, I'm walking here. Are you with me? She's well today. Another testimony. Our pastor in Berlin, Germany, Pastor Munyojo, his daughter just woke up one morning and her neck was stiff. She couldn't turn her neck. She couldn't move her body. In fact, they had to brush for her on her bed. In Germany. Not Nigeria. If you were Nigerian, I would say, ah, village people. Village people. People. These people. This was in Germany. Berlin. 
What do we do? Do we take her to the hospital? Do we call an ambulance? The parents didn't even know what to do, first of all. But the man being a man of faith, a man of the spirit, of course, just engaged God and then went back. He, he's got an office in his house upstairs. He went to the office and he was working. The, the young lady was there on the bed in pain, but let's just trust God. And the girl also said, I want to trust God, daddy. I want to trust God. That's why it's good to teach your children the word of God. Teach them. Teach them. Don't teach them African magic, African nonsense. Don't teach them to watch Big Brother nonsense. In the day of trouble, it's only the word of God that will stand though. The girl was there paralyzed and in pain. The father was busy working on the computer, communing with the Lord. Mother, helpless, also talking to the Lord. Both of them pastors, serving the Lord very diligently. In fact, they went on to start a church in Kuwait. Pastor Mo traveled to Kuwait for a two-year contract. As an oil engineer, and he started a church in Kuwait. The Stone Church Kuwait. Such dedication. I love such examples. All of a sudden, at some point, they had a loud noise in the girl's room. Just like this, mama. A loud noise. The noise of the cracking of bones. Pastor Moore described it. He said the noise was crack. He ran from his office into the girl's room. What's the problem? And the girl jumped up from the bed and said, Papa! Well, no anesthesia, no hospital, no physiotherapist. It pays to serve God. It pays to serve God. I have my own testimonies, but I don't need to share them. It pays to serve God. Be dedicated. I mean, I don't know any other way to live my life. If I, if I, don't, if I don't do God's work, I don't know why. One of the reasons we have not left this country, my wife and I, left to me, I would have left self. But my wife said, my wife said, ah, Oh, oh, the church, the church. I said, the church will be fine. We we'll go and start another one. I said, no, these souls are important. I said, God will take care of them. Because at some point, I got fed up with this country. I love Nigeria, but at some point, I got fed up. But I love Nigeria again now. <laughs> and we love you, Expression House. Can't tell you how many times I've traveled overseas and pastors have literally called my wife to say, we are looking for your husband's passport to tear it and throw it in water so that he cannot return to Nigeria. Let him stay with us in America and let's walk together. I said, no, my heart is in the expression house. I went to the UK. They told me the same thing. Will you stay back? You have dedicated this house. Revival house in London on behalf of the senior pastor. They said, stay back and pastor. I said, ma'am, I am going back to the expression house. I love the Lord. And I love the people of God. And I tell you so, I tell you what, I want to do more. Let's do more. Next week, I'll continue from here. Stand on your feet, everybody. Show you some more about the life of Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul the Apostle. Man had dogged dedication. We have a lot to learn from the life of Paul the Apostle. In fact, some of you will take your Christianity more seriously after you hear what I have to share about Paul. Paul is no longer here physically. But all the things that he did, we are still referring to them. He wrote most of the epistles of the New Testament, which are a blessing to the church today. Your life too today is an epistle. What will people say? What are people learning from you? What are they learning from you? Are they learning internet fraud from you? Are they learning how to be a call girl from you? Or are they learning virtues from you? Every one of us, nobody 
is useless. I always say, the worst you can be is a bad example. But you are still an example. So when we want to use good example, we know who to use. We want to use bad example, say, we remember, you know what that brother? Bad example. Nobody's useless. What kind of life do you want to live? You want to walk in dominion? Dedication comes first. Three D's to dominion. Number one, determination. Number two, dedication. Number three, I'll share the, the third D next Sunday. Speak to the Lord, everybody. Make adjustments. I'll appreciate if we don't move around, but everybody makes, takes this moment, one, one minute, to talk to the Lord. We need to make amendments. Begin to make adjustments. I need you choir, just one minute. You know this song, Lord, prepare me. Come up stage. Lord, prepare me. Our sanctuary.